0: One of my responsibilities here at the office with the people is to get them to expect the unexpected. And in our folders today it said that we're going to sing, we're going to do communion, we're going to dismiss the kids and welcome guests and take the offering, and then there's going to be a message. And so because of our past experiences, we were just expecting somebody to come up on the platform. In fact, I was trying to find a full pew to sit in, and when I told people around me that they were going to be on camera, you can tell uh, they run easy with that, so I'm just back here by myself. A couple of weeks ago, knowing I was going to preach, about four o'clock in the morning I woke up, and I really didn't think it was sermon-related. But I woke up, and I was in and out of a sleep, and I kept asking. It was asking this question to God, is there more? Is there more? Is there more? Is this all there is? And I was being frustrated. I was being kind of, kind of uh, not confused, but just really feeling that something was missing. And I kept saying, is there more? In fact, it was so strong, I got up and I went and sat in my recliner. As I'm laying back in my recliner at 4 o'clock in the morning, God put this into my spirit. He said, your expectations should always exceed your experiences. If you get nothing else out of the message today, I I want you to take that home with you, and we're going to unpack that in just a, a little bit. But in his book, Great Expectations, Charles Dickens said this, he said, all of us have expectations. If you're parents, you have expectations of your kids. If your husband or wife, the husband has expectations of the wife, wife has expectations of the kids, and so on and so forth. If you're an employer or an employee, you have certain expectations. And believe it or not, even a congregation has expectations of their pastors. And to be very honest with you, we pastors, we have expectations of you. You see, we all have expectations. So what does that mean? Well, an expectation is simply something that we are anticipating or we're looking forward to. And it's the intent of the expectation that makes it either good or bad. For example... If you were in country fair this morning, and, and I don't know what the number is, but you come across the number that the lottery is actually up to $225 million. So you go home tomorrow and you get a second mortgage on your house, and you go buy lottery tickets expecting to win. That's bad. That's not a good expectation. But you see, the intent of it is really what makes it either good or bad. And the expectation that we place on others is really trying to get them to remain within or to come up to our standards. So sometimes I've said to people, you know... Uh, especially sometimes I've counseled with couples, and they'll say, well, he's the, the wife. He's not doing this, not doing this, not doing that. He's not sensitive. He's on and on and on. And, and I look at her and I say, he's not capable of that. He didn't grow up cleaning the house and washing dishes and doing laundry and all of the little, you know, things that, that your expectation." So what I said to her is maybe you ought to lower your expectations. You see, we all have expectations and in a few moments we're going to look because you've been doing the uh, Essential Jesus book and in there you've been reading through Isaiah 49, Isaiah 50 and you come to Isaiah 60 and um, Isaiah 61. And you're catching this story of what has been happening and what has been taking place. But I want you to keep in mind, and I'm going to repeat it a few times this morning, that our expectations should exceed our experiences. Um, Honey, remember when you gave me a call in 1973? (laughs) Remember? 1973, I was a nursing home administrator. We were living in Kokomo, Indiana. And she called me at the, at the office, and she said, you're going to be a daddy, our first one, first child. We knew that she was expecting, and that was probably the, the term we used back then. You, if you met somebody, you would say, hey, have you heard? Uh, you know, Barb Fisher's expecting. She's expecting. And so I remember that moment so clear on the phone when she said, you're going to be a daddy. That was an expectation. Now we that we went on, and we were so blessed, and we had this beautiful eleven pound eight ounce boy, that exceeded our expectations. <laughs> but a couple of years later, in August of 1976, actually it would have been earlier than that when we got the news, but but in the first end of the year, first part of, of 76, my wife again said, guess what? We're going to have another baby. Now, my response could have been, well, I've already been through that experience, so what's the big deal? No muss, no fuss, just ignore it. You know, it's it, it just, you know, work through the nine months and forget it. But it was that same sense of expectancy That gripped my heart because we knew that baby number two was coming. And he turned out to be just a little guy, eight pound, 11 ounces. You see, the reason for this message and the reason of what I'm sharing with you today is this. I have this sense within the body of Christ that there are many people who attend with us on Sunday morning that are only living on your experiences. In fact, to be very honest, those experiences have come and gone a long time ago. But we found ourselves being content just living on our experiences. And, and you can tell when you're in conversation with people because in conversation, they will start, start talking about something that happened 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. And I believe that God put this into my heart this morning because if, if you've been here the last three Sundays, three Sundays ago, we had a, a, a great time of prayer around the altar, anointing and prayer God did some great things and and, and many people, lives were touched. Two Sundays ago, uh, Pastor Jason had shared with you uh, in a a prayer time and had talked about what God was doing, what God wanted to do, and expectation. Last Sunday, Pastor was talking about that some of you are here and and you you know God's got something for you, but you just can't see it. And he challenged you to extend your faith, to, to begin to believe, begin to, in other words, begin to expect. And then we move right into this message this morning, our expectations should exceed our experiences. Now, if you've been looking through Essential Jesus and reading through those scriptures, we find that Judah had experiences. They would follow God. They would disobey God. They would be taken into captivity. They would come out of captivity, they would follow God, they would disobey God, they would move back into captivity. Captivity, exile, captivity, exile, over, 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 over. Their main city, Jerusalem, had been destroyed, the temple had been destroyed, and, and if you read through Isaiah, you, you see this thread that is taking place, but in Isaiah 60, Isaiah 60, I think we have it on the screen for you. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1, 2, and 3. 60, there we go, okay. Isaiah chapter 60, here is what Isaiah is saying to the people. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And when I read that, and I guess there's only a a preacher gets a grip of, of, of what's taking place, I could preach a whole sermon just on two words, arise, shine. Because the emphasis is that we have to arise before we can shine. And sometimes we find ourselves sitting by in idleness and complacency and a place of comfort, and we're saying, oh, God, let me shine, let me shine, let me shine, but don't make me get up. Don't make me have to do anything. Don't make me have to go anywhere. Don't make me have to talk to anybody, but, oh, God, let me shine. But this was a word of expectation that even though you have been going through all of these difficult things, now you're coming to the place where you're getting this word of encouragement arise, shine, your light has come. So, this was the expectations of Israel. You see, God is a God of hope, which means a fresh start and a new beginning. And and I don't know, maybe I'm just talking to myself this morning, but I know there are times in my life when I've needed a fresh start. I've needed a new beginning. I've needed a second chance. I have been in that place that I have fallen. I have been in the place where I've been confused. I've been in the place where I've been sitting idly by, and I just—and I think that some of that is what prompted that 4 o'clock wake-up call, God, is there more? Is there more? Is there more? Because I'm saying in my flesh, if there's no more to expect, I want to be out of here. I don't want to hang around. Some of that could be a little bit of my ADD. Some of that could be the fact that I get kind of bored after a while when it's the same old, same old, same old. But I really believe that God has a word for us today. And I believe that he has a word for, for you as a congregation for, and as pastors that he's saying to us, arise. I've got more for you. Arise, there's something else to do. Arise and shine for the light has come. Now, expectations of Israel What about expectations of God? Does God have expectations? You bet he does. He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love, 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 love. And why do we have such a difficult time with that? Honestly, it's because that there are some of us here today that have still are having difficulty loving ourselves. And the scripture tells us that if you can't love yourself, you can't love other people. We're having difficulty with love because of our growing up environment, because of our dysfunctional families, because of our parents that never really knew how to, to, to display or to show us love. And therefore, we're. pastor gets up and we talk to you about loving God, all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love, 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 unconditional love, and it's just like I don't know what they mean. But that's God's expectation. Loving the Lord God with all all of our heart, soul, and mind. Do not follow other gods, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. And it's not that he's jealous of you and I because of what we can do. It's not that he's jealous of you and I because we're living in the present. He's jealous over us because he wants our affection and he wants our love, and he doesn't want us to share that with the things of the world. And God becomes jealous over us. He wants us to live a life of integrity. He wants wants us to live a life of loving others. He wants us to live a life that is in harmony with others and even loving those who do not love you in return. That's God's expectation. In fact, there was a quote that that goes like this, Tell me whom you love, and I will tell you who you are. Tell me whom you love, and I will tell you who you are. Now, with, with that understanding, the application simply would be, our needs, the things that we believe we want, And our expectations of what makes life meaningful can only be brought into harmony by deciding how we will live our life. So I've said all of that as kind of an intro for my third point here this morning because we are now going to share with you what are the expectations of ourselves, I, I, I don't remember. I'm, I'm hoping that the media has it. If, if they don't, that's okay. Uh, John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Are we able to put that on the screen? Um, if, if not, we can read it. Uh, I'll even give you a few moments if you want to find it and put it up there. That's fine, and I'll just, I'll just use it. when There we go. Okay. John chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. Jesus says this. I tell you the truth, anyone, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, and he will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, sometimes we glaze over that. In in fact, can we just put that back up there again, just leave it there for a while. Sometimes we will glaze over that because we're looking for a quick fix. And we'll say, oh, Jesus said ask anything in my name and I'll do it. And we don't stop to understand, first of all, if you have faith in me, and then ask in my name, Ask in my name, can you, let's go back to the lottery for a moment. You have put your second mortgage on your house because you want the $225 million lottery ticket. And then in your time of devotions, you're saying, dear Jesus, in your name, I'm asking that you let me win the lottery. In your name. And just for good measure, in your name. There's another verse, because God's Word never contradicts itself, there's another word, another verse that says that we have not because we don't ask with the right intentions. So when we look at that verse and it says, in my name, that the Father may be glorified. And so when we look at the expe- expectations of ourselves, I'm asking you this question, is it really possible for believers to do greater works than Jesus? If I took a moment to come down here, and I won't do it, I won't put you on the spot again, if I were to, a moment to just go individually and say, do you think that you could do works greater than Jesus? Do you think you could do works greater than Jesus? And just individually, right down the row, right down the row, there's some of you that probably you're going to answer like I th- you think I want you to answer, you're going to go, yes, but there's going to be others that's going to say, no, don't think I can't. Don't think I can Why not? You see, experience tells us that the disciples were with Jesus for three years. They had watched him heal. They had witnessed miracles. They had experienced feeding of thousands. They were there when the waves became obedient and the wind stood still. They had experienced, their experience was all of this wrapped up at the same time Jesus said, before he ascended, he said, I'm going to my father and he will send you A comforter. He will send you the Holy Spirit. Do you see the connection? Jesus going to the Father, the Father sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us is able to do greater things. Now, people will say, well, how can you do anything greater than what Jesus did? Well, part of that you have to understand it wasn't that the miracles were greater or the healings were greater. But it was the fact, because of making disciples, the numbers became exponential. And and here we have, because when you look at the ministry of Jesus, and and we don't have everything documented in every little day uh, in a journal, but we do know this. We do know that when Jesus left this earth, he had 120 disciples in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, we know that he had about 500 disciples in Galilee. We know that he had healed and he had done some of these things. And and that's I, I, and I'm not making it sound uh, small or trivial, but that's about it. Three years. That's not bad for three years. But, but that's all that he had. But he said, if I go to my father, he's going to send you. helper, a paraclete, a counselor. He's going to send you the Holy Spirit that when the Holy Spirit comes, greater works will you do. And it wasn't long before after his ascension that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell upon those 120 and immediately following that, Peter stood up and preached and 3000 people. Came to Jesus. I would say that's a greater work. Not because of the so much the significance, but because the church began to spread, the church began to grow, the church began to branch out, and believe it or not, diversity was good for the church because it, it pushed them out. And then we read another. Thousands were saved and on and on and on. And since that time, across our world, millions have come to Jesus. Millions have come to Jesus. That's really what he was talking about when he talks about, and greater works will you do. And if we don't understand that, we we almost feel like we're in a competition with Jesus and and, and he's expecting me to do everything that he did when he was on this earth. But friends, friends, Here's the thing, and I won't take the time this morning because I have, I mean, you live long enough, you've got experiences. And I've always said you can't teach experience. It's something you, you learn as you go. But if I were to take you back in the 37 years of ministry and talk to you about my experiences, everything from when I was saved, when I was healed, when our our boys were were healed, when when Barbara was healed, going back to the times that I spent on the mission field and seeing withered hands set free and eyes opened and, and all of those things, and to God be the glory for that. But friends, that was my experience. And I guess where my heart is this morning is this, God, can we see that again? God, can we experience that again? God, when we we had those experiences, when the altars were full and people coming to Jesus and we've had the experiences and we have some of that going on, but I believe that God is saying to the church today, greater things, greater things, greater things will you do because I've went to the Father and the Father sent the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing, when the Holy Spirit dwells in human hearts, greater things happen. Now, just for the record, you may be sitting here, perhaps you're Uh, you're not really familiar, with. if you're a first-time guest, you're not familiar with the church or what we do or how we do. Or maybe you've been here for a long period of time, and you say, well, Pastor Don, yeah, that's all well and good, but I'm really not interested. I'm really not interested. Well, when you and I stop being productive for the kingdom of God, We are living below the purpose that God has for our life. And there's an old, it's kind of, it's not a pretty term, but growing up in the Midwest, Indiana, we, we learned it. About the guy that he really didn't care how much he was going to serve God or what God wanted him to do. His thing was, when I get to heaven and the eastern gates are closed, He said, I'm just going to spit on the floor and slide under. And I think that that is a mentality that some people have today is it's really not about what I do or if I'm obedient or if I'm serving God. All I care about is just I can make it in before they close the door. Now, you see, that's really none of my business. That's between you and God. But I can tell you this, there's no greater joy, there's no greater tank filler than for you to connect with somebody and watch God do a transformation in their life. There's no greater joy for somebody to come up to you and say, hey, would you pray for me today or pray for me this week? And you say, no, we're going to pray today. And it's not you, it's not your power, your talent, your ability, but it's the Holy Spirit that when you pray for them, something happens and they say, I've been healed. There's nothing greater like it in the world. In fact, it almost becomes addictive because you know that God is getting the glory. You know that the Holy Spirit is working through you. And you understand that lives are being changed and transformed. And so there's nothing more exciting than doing something for Jesus. I kind of, somebody wanted to give me the uh, title of Master Funeral Director. Because I do a lot of funerals. In fact, not I didn't do all of these, but yesterday's funeral was actually the 11th funeral in January that we have either done or been a part of just in one month. And people will say, but but you don't even know. You don't even know the guy. No, but I might know the family. And even if I don't know the family, there's been cases where I've had a call from a funeral home, and they will say, can you come to a funeral? And, 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 and some very difficult forms of dying, and I'll say, yes, I will. And I stand before them, and I say this, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but this one thing I know, God loves people. And if God loves people, then I am mandated, and it's my joy to love people. And I want you to know that even though I don't know you, I am here today to help bring some comfort and to help bring some support and help you to understand that there's life after this. And when I leave there, not, I'm not sadistic, it's not that I love funerals for funeral's sake, but it gives me an opportunity to share the love of God, even with people I don't know. So when the Holy Spirit comes, He empowers us. He moves upon us. He works through us. And that's why greater works are possible. Now just just a couple of things before I, I move out of here, I already said, as the Spirit of God dwells in human hearts, greater works will happen. But let me just make a note here, greater works produce a spiritual accomplishment, not just a physical manifestation. Greater works will produce a a spiritual accomplishment, not just a physical manifestation. Because what happens to the body is only temporary. What happens to the spirit is eternal. And, and, And we all want, and I understand there are people here today and some of our precious friends who who are who are physically challenged and I've been with them for years and and they were saying oh but wouldn't it be great just just from now till Jesus comes if I could get up and walk and I could run and I could move around and I don't have an answer for that all I know is God is sovereign and it's been a while back now. I've got this crazy thing going on with my hip, and you see me limping around. Uh, some of that is hip induced. Some of it is just age induced. Uh, it's not excruciating pain, but it's that's just the way it is. And I want to say, oh, if I could play basketball again, if I could play racquetball again, if I did, I see it? yeah, Ed. If I could just go out there and, and score over Ed again, I could die happy. Shoot a bucket over Ed, three-point shot. But if I can't, I still want to be a part of kingdom business. And I want to be a part of what God's doing in these last days. And I, I don't want to lose my question, is there more, is there more, is there more? Because we can find ourselves in a state of complacency to where that we get into the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. old. And, And I had that sense when I'm sitting back there and the lights went up and the and the stage was empty, and I'm getting this feeling like people are wondering what's going on. I'm expecting, I'm expecting, I'm expecting. But the thing that happens of a spiritual result, is greater, greater. I would rather that my heart be right with Jesus and my body decay than for my body to be made whole and miss heaven. So when we talk about greater works, that really kind of goes into that concept Now, I'm going to close with this because I know that some of you may be having this question going into your mind. But Pastor Don, you've said that I could be doing greater works than Jesus. You've said that God, that that Jesus went to the Father. The Father sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit rests upon us. And you said that, that I can do greater works than Jesus, but I don't hold a position in the church. I'm not an elder. I'm not a council member. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I'm not an usher. I'm not a greeter. I'm not a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. (laughs) I don't do those things, and so I, I just don't feel like that God can use me. I don't have credentials. I don't have credentials. You pastors, you've got your certificate of ordination and it's up on your wall and I don't have any credentials. I haven't been a believer very long, only came to Jesus just a few months ago. So you see, Pastor Don, I've got some reasons why I can't be a part of doing greater works than Jesus. But I want you to listen to me this morning. When the Spirit of God rests upon us, that's our credentials. When the Spirit of God comes down and fills our heart and fills our life and it empowers us, those are greater than any credentials that man could ever hand out. So if you're here today and you're saying, but Pastor Don, I really, I'm a nobody. I'm I'm anonymous. You don't even know me. Well, I'm here to say to you, there's hope for you. And there's future for you. God has a plan for you. It's not about the credentials or the longevity. Because I'm just being flat out honest with you today. I've learned a long time ago that there's a difference between growing up in the Lord and growing old in the Lord. And there's a lot of folk in churches around our country today, all they've done is just grow old in the Lord. They've never grown up in the Lord. And there's a difference. So, when the Spirit of God rests upon us, He gives us our credentials. I've never thought of it this way. I've got to be honest with you. When I think of eternity, I've always thought of afterlife, after death, after after. But you know, if we look at it in, in, in in the context of eternity... You can agree, disagree. It's not going to cause you to lose your salvation. But listen to this. Eternity has no future and no past. Because God always was and He always will be. So you can't put a start date on eternity and an end date on eternity. In other words, friends, what I'm telling you this morning is this. Eternity is now. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the time I must sing. This is when God is wanting to do some great and mighty things. And so the life application is this. How are we an influence in the spiritual realm here on earth? Because if the only reason we come on Sunday morning, the only reason we come together is to grow and think and to learn. And if that's the end goal, something has to change in our thinking. Because what we're going to find is all we are doing is we're growing old in the Lord, but we're not growing up in the Lord. So I don't want to leave you on a downer this morning. I want, to come, I want to go back and don't have to put it on the screen, but I want to say to you as a church, arise and shine. Arise and shine. Say, well, Pastor Don, what are the practical things? Arise and journey with the power of the Holy Spirit with Pastor Jason. Arise. And meet with Pastor John when he's going through the Shape class to help you understand your personality and, 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 and purpose and calling. Arise when there's a call for volunteers. Arise, arise, arise. When Servieri comes on the board, arise and Servieri, arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is upon you. And He will turn your mourning into joy. He'll turn your sadness into happiness. But remember, our expectations should always exceed our experiences. Arise with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You today that sometimes it's okay for to mess with the expected. Sometimes as you work through our lives, as you walk with us through our journey, sometimes we have to understand that you just every once in a while take us on the unexpected. But Father, I pray today for this church. I pray for these precious people in this church. God, in my heart, in my spirit, I see them. I see them as as people who are discipling, people who are praying for people, touching people's lives, people who are bringing hope and comfort and support and strength to those around them in the workplace and their neighborhoods and their families. And Father, I pray that, that our ears have been opened this morning, that your word has not fallen on deaf ears, but we've caught and we're not really sure we know what it all means yet, but we've caught the message. When You said greater works will you do because I'm going to my Father and He's going to send you the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I pray that our hearts become an incubator this morning, that Your Word just lies there throughout this day and the days to come. And I pray today, Father, that that it will germinate, that it will take seed, it will grow, it will develop. And, Father, even out of those of us who feel we are the least, that we are the least likely to do great works, Holy Spirit, rise up within us and empower us to do what you've called us to do. And we ask this in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Could we give God praise this morning? He wants to give you some expectations today. Have a good day in the Lord and enjoy your evening. God bless you.